The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, Rob Golfie is the sales representative. Remax is Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. If you want to get your home sold in this wild and wacky market and get it sold for top dollar, call the Golfie team today. They are the number one Remax team here in Canada, 905 905- 575-7700 is the phone number. Again, 905-575-7700. The hottest listings in town are on their website, robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You want to get the listing on your home on that website by calling and contacting the Golfie team. You can also follow them. They're all over social media, whether it's Facebook or TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. They're easy to find. And if you have a topic idea or a question for Rob, that he can answer on a future program, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. We got some uh, pretty cool topics we're going to get to today, including one when I saw it this morning, Rob, and you handed it over. I thought, well, this is a head scratcher. The luxury market is being driven by millennials. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. We'll talk about 2023 and what the housing crisis and the recession and inflation and interest rates has in store for home prices. But we'll begin today with how your week has been. How's it been going? Yeah, it's, uh, you know what, it's a little quieter than usual, even more quieter than most uh, Decembers. Uh, You know, just, uh, you know, just going through the uh, motions and uh, just getting things geared up for next year with you know, goals and, and different uh, marketing and everything like that. But the one thing I've been finding is uh, we, we are getting a lot of calls on people looking at, uh, you know, what the market's going to be like next year. And, and I do tell them, I, 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 like I say to them, guys, listen, get be ready. Uh, I do feel the market will be good and we're going to have a, a spurry of, of, of activity that's going to happen. In, and I'd say by February, February is always the safe month. I always that is if you're going to put your house uh, out the gate in the new year, you know, get it by February, mid-February, the latest, and then you'll know that you didn't miss that market. Um, I don't know if it's going to jump a bit. October of this year, we had a little uh, flurry of, of activity more so, and then it quiet back down again. So I still, and I feel that the same thing is going to happen in February, March next year. And that's what I'm telling people to gear up. And it, it could be even earlier than that, but I do feel that we're coming to the end of probably the market uh, correcting itself. And, uh, you know, now we just got to deal with interest rates. The uh, Everybody's talking about uh, recessions. But the one thing I, I found a lot also is happening is people are calling me that they bought properties that they were going to build a house on, and now they're changing their mind on that. And uh, just because of the fact uh, the cost to build is just ridiculous. And uh, they didn't anticipate. There was one person that said, uh, I was just talking to, um, their cost to build a house in a pool house was 650000 Oh, wow. Well, now, yeah. So, but now that cost went from six fifty to $1 million just on the house. Forget the pool house. Huh. 
So, and so they basically said, no, so they, they sold the property and they found a house with, uh, with a pool and uh, what they were looking for. So there, there's, there's so many people that are, their life, their life changed because of, of what's happened in the economy. Like I have one guy, he bought this property and he just paid just under $1.4 million for it. And we're listing it at 1.4 million. And he's got probably 50,000 just in, uh, you know, doing, you know, with drawings and, and having the zoning or whatever, all the things that you need to do to get uh, permits and stuff like that. He's going to lose that. And he just says, I might as well just cut my losses. I'll, I'll figure, I'll, I'll make it up someplace else on, on some other property that hopefully he'll make it up on. But, but there, this is just one or two stories of people that were looking at building and bailed out and said, no, I'm not doing it. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you, and if you're looking at building, I'll tell you, Rick, it's always a lot more than what you anticipate. No matter what it is, it's always more. I always tell people, uh, just if, you, if, you, if your budget is 600000 to to build the, without the property and everything, then it's going to be seven fifty. It's going to always be more. And that's why you drive by these country properties and you see no landscaping done for years because mm-hmm. they just blew their budget and, they, and it's going to take them a long time to catch up and, and save money to do their landscaping. We know it's more difficult now to sell a home because the market is a lot tighter than it was you know, obviously a year ago or even a year and a half ago. How much more difficult is it just to sell a plot of land? Or are there people who say, all right, yeah, I'll take it on. I'll eventually build on it. What, what is that scenario like? It, it is tougher. Um, so I've got uh, small builders that are, are trying to sell uh, a property that has, there's a plot of land there. They're willing to build, but people, I think they want to touch and feel now. And I tell those guys, build it. And I know it's a risk. But, but, but there's buyers out there and buyers like buying new. So I don't think the risk is that bad on buying new for these uh, small uh, builders, but, uh, but other people, um, you know, they, they're, they're scared buying a plot of land. It just depends how much money they have. The more money they have, the, the, the less uh, fear they have. But if it's just a, you know, an average couple, it could be in their thirties or forties. They want to build a beautiful house and they look at the, uh, the cost to build and they don't know that the cost can come down, can go back up again. Like I know some construction uh, materials come down, uh, and, but who knows what it's going to be like in six months or a year from now. Um, and, 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 and goods are hard to get now too. Like, you know, like you may have to wait how long for windows or how long for, for everything else. So th- there's that scarcity of, on, on that aspect of it, but it, it is a tough, it is a tough situation out there. Like it's just, it, th- this whole uh, economy has put a lot of people's lives upside down, inside out. It's just changed people's lives. Like, you know, people had dreams of building and now they're not building and people that, uh, and then there, we've got properties for sale, vacant lots, and they're just sitting. People aren't jumping at it. They're, it, it you know, and meanwhile, two years ago, they, they'd be gone overnight. Would there be multiple bidders for a, a piece of land as well, just like a, a, a house that would be up for sale? Um, th- there would be also, yes. Yeah, they're, they, they're all going fast. Yeah, like a lot. And if it wasn't a, a, a person building for themselves, like they were going to hire a custom home builder to mm-hmm. build it for them. It would be, uh, you know, 
small builders uh, picking them up and building and, and selling them. And, uh, but yeah, now they're sitting, a lot of small builders are waiting, sitting by the wayside. You know, they're scared because uh, they don't, they don't really have, uh, a lot of them don't have the funds to buy three, four, five, six lots. Like they would buy one, get the process going, buy another one. And then, and, and it just continuously goes, but Hey, that, that, uh, that train is very scary now for a lot of builders. They don't want to, you know, get in trouble financially. So they're, 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 they're waiting to see what's happening and they rather sell something as a firm deal before they even put a shovel in the ground. But I, I think it's the wrong way to do it. Um, I think if you're going to make it in this market and continue to, con- to, to make it through this economic turn that we're in, you're going to have to take the risk, put the shovel in the ground, build it and then sell it. I remember I was talking to a builder uh, from the nineties and you know what he did? He said to me, he goes, Rob, you know how scary it was in, uh, in 1990 because I had four or five uh, lots and I, and I ordered material to start building on all five of those lots. I did not have any of them sold. Oh, wow. He goes, so when I, when I went to the lumber yard and I would order, uh, you know, material for this, uh, the lumber yard thought, oh yeah, he must've sold those lots. Yeah, no problem here. Here's the wood for <laughs> building, you know, the concrete, everything, like all his trades people that were building thought he sold them. So they were confident say, Hey, you know, so, and he didn't, but, but he had the guts, he had the gut to build them and then he did sell them. He did sell them. And today, uh, he is one, uh, one of the largest builders in, uh, in the Hamilton, uh, area. So there you go. That was a story that uh, he told me just about probably about a month or two ago. It was a really good story. Wow. Uh, so it takes, uh, takes a lot of guts. Uh, and, uh, and that's what he, that's what he did. Uh, we have a uh, pretty cool blog on the Remax website. The title is A Fresh Look at Hamilton Real Estate, and it gives a good synopsis of what has happened over the last uh, several months, obviously since the Bank of Canada has been raising its uh, its interest rates. And we'll get to more on this discussion in our next segment, but I'll, I'll tee it up with this. And one of the headings is Hamilton Real Estate is still bubbling. Is that an accurate assessment? Uh, to a certain degree and to a certain price point. Um, uh, like we, like we, we get a lot of calls that come in. People are looking right now to like, again, like I said before, wanting to see how the market is, um, it is moving moderately. I don't think it's bubbling. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I would say that, but I, I was, I was, uh, no, no, it's moving, but not moving as fast as we're used to. And, and I, I think we're, this will probably be one of the slowest Decembers in a long time. Yeah. Uh, according to the Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington, residential property sales in the Hamilton real estate market plunged by 44% year over year in November. Year-to-date housing transactions declined more than 31%. And the average residential price also fell from the same time a year ago, sliding 8.8% to $761,000 and change. However, on a year-to-year basis, the average cost of a home sold in Hamilton climbed 12.3% 
to $893,000. I do have a question about housing affordability, and we'll get to that when we come back here. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700. Again, that's 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Stay tuned. More of the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition continues on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Get the Golfie team on your side. You'll be calling the first real estate team in Hamilton's history to sell 1,000 homes in a year. Their phone number, 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you'll find them on TikTok, Instagram. Facebook and Twitter and for an instant home estimate you're wondering I wonder what my house could go for on the open market go to the website golfyhomevalue.com punch in a couple of numbers and you will get a pretty good idea of what it could go for on the open market of course golfy and his team will get you the top dollar for your home in that scenario if you have a question for the golfy team or a topic idea for the future program that you'd like us to discuss send them an email questions at robgolfie.com still to come we're going to talk about steep home prices next year or steep a, a drop in home prices next year that might not necessarily be the case and we'll get into the luxury market apparently being driven by millennials we'll get into that a little later on in the show Back to this Remax blog titled A Fresh Look at Hamilton Real Estate. Uh, One of the headings is housing affordability. And it basically says that for someone to afford a home in the Hamilton real estate market, they would need a median household income of $223,000. The nationwide median household income is about 70 grand, uh, at least last year. That's a pretty big gap. So is housing affordability going to change a little bit in the year to come? Um, I, in, in Hamilton, I think we're almost there, but I, that seems like a big number, eh? That for someone that, that to, have to make, yeah. household income has to be 223,000. Uh, I know that's where a lot of uh, millennial professionals, uh, they got great jobs and they're making 100,000, 90,000 teachers. And then you got, you know, uh, you know, people that working for corporate jobs, combined income, they are making about 200,000 and that would get them probably a, a house, probably an Ancaster for, you know, maybe 1.3 million, 1.5 million, you know, on a comfortable level. But, um, but yeah, like it's, it's insane how much money, uh, you have to earn to, to afford a house in Hamilton now. Like, like you look in the North end, like I can't believe how the North end has 
completely transformed ever since I've got into real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've been in, in this business now just about 25 years. And I remember the north end of Hamilton. I mean, houses were so cheap. And, and they would stay at that price for a long time. Nobody wanted to go there. And you had all these landlords that just didn't care. They owned these properties and, and people rent them. And, and, and back, back those days, landlords um, got away with a lot and, you know, with not taking care of the properties for, for the tenants. Now, in the past 10 to 15 years, the migration of people from Toronto, especially from Toronto, coming in, transforming these houses, buying these houses, and then the landlord sell them, say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get, finally, I'm going to get some good money for this house. I'm going to sell it. So then the, the new buyer would buy it, fix it up, and either uh, flip it or, or move in and, and stay or, or rent it. Uh, and that's what's transformed Hamilton quite a bit. And, um, and, I, and I know it, it, that's what's caused a lot of the problems for housing, especially for low-income people in Hamilton. But... Um, 70, yeah, like it, it's, it is getting tougher out there. You know, it, like I was saying before, my son, Bill, he's looking for a house right now and he can't believe it. And he says, he goes, dad, I, I, I think I make pretty good money. And I go, I don't know, how do people afford a house? And he's looking to move in the Durand area. And he's just like, he goes like the mortgage payments and everything else and, and him putting 20% down and all that. He, he just can't understand how people are doing it. And, uh, and people are scraping by like, you're getting professional scraping, scraping by buying houses and you know, you walk into their house, it's, it's echoing cause they can't afford to buy the furniture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, especially when you're talking to them on the phone, you're going, Hey, where are you? Like, <laughs> I'm in my dining room. There's no furniture in here yet, but, uh, but it is becoming, it is becoming, uh, difficult, but that, that is a big gap that we're talking about. Yeah, It is pretty scary. Here, here's another, um, you know, tidbit of info that I find really interesting too. And I think it's good news for anybody who has purchased a home, at least in the last year. You might be thinking, well, I, I overpaid. I'm not going to make this money back. But the case is, according to this Remax blog, is that the drop in prices that we have seen have not fallen as fast as the gains from the pre or the pandemic era market. So during the pandemic, we saw those prices skyrocket, but they've obviously come back down, but not at the rate at once uh, as what they were going upwards. Yes, and, and and that is absolutely true. And they, they slowly come down, but I think it's slowly kind of flatlining uh, soon. Like it's not jumping down downwards as it did at the like you know from the start of April uh, right up uh, up to October, uh, just before October, September, and then October we had a little flurry, and then and it's still hovering a little bit. But yeah, it's uh, I, I think we're almost there, and uh, I, I I truly feel that uh, next year is going to be really good. Now, they also suggest that uh, the, what I'm reading here is that that recent figures suggest that the I think you read this, um, medium households would need more than two-thirds of their income to carry a mortgage. But it uh, it is much higher in major urban centers such as Vancouver, Victoria, and Toronto. And and Hamilton was, was in there. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? And, uh, it's, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, like you're getting houses down off of Kenilworth Avenue that uh, are selling for 500,000 and those houses were selling like less than five years ago for 200,000. So, 
but but they're holding off around that that uh, around that that price point, and and they're staying they're staying strong there because it is a lower price point, and there is a lot more buyers in that price point. So the lower end market is going to stay strong, especially if you if you were lucky enough to buy a house two three years ago or four years ago in the, in that lower market end, you will actually build more equity uh, than in the medium price point houses. Uh, um, that were uh, were sold uh, in the same time frame. So it's just there's more buyers, more buyers in that price point. If you're looking to sell your home, no matter what the reason, you got to call the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. Get the number one REMAX team in Canada on your side. Head to their website, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. There's a, a new report out that looks at Home prices in 2023, at least the projection or the forecast, and it says that the aggregate price of a home in Canada is set to drop just 1% from this year to next year, 7729 to $765,000 in change, which, you know, a lot of people were expecting that that uh, drop to continue at the rate as it has this year, but that doesn't sound like it's going to be the case next year. No, no, there, there won't be too much of a, a drop or any drop at all. The drops happening right now, right now is your time to, to, to per, if you're a buyer now, now is the time. And uh, just because of the fact there's, there's uh, inventory out there, buyers are, are still sitting and the, and the sellers, the ones that need to sell, they're going to make a deal. You are going to get a deal. Uh, once, like I said, once we get into the new year, uh, things will change. Uh, they're not going to go skyrocketing like it did before. It's going to be moderately. Uh, people are going to be more cautious. I know a lot of people bought houses uh, in the past two years. They, they had to buy with no home inspection, nothing like that. And so the, 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 it's out there now saying, hey, get a home inspection. So my suggestion is, if you're going to be, you know, holding offers next year, especially in February, March, get a home inspection done as a seller and then offer that to anybody that brings an offer in. And it, it, it gives a little uh, peace of mind for the buyer. And, I, and, and we talked about this before that we should always, um, that, that should be a protocol that should be done if you're going to be holding offers so that people aren't buying uh, properties that have uh, problems with them. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think, um, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a a moderately strong, but not crazy market next year. And that'll, that'll kick in sometime very, very early spring. I, uh, I, I know there's talk of a recession, but I like, like they're saying, it's not going to affect the, uh, the housing market. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they point to as well is um, this report says there's no real change in the number of people looking for a home and the number of homes that are available. So that supply-demand balance is going to be relatively unchanged next year like it is kind of right now. That's right. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 and like I said, everybody's sitting on the fence right now just waiting to see what to do, when to do it. And, and all for some reason, we don't know what triggers it. Everybody does it at the same time. And, uh, and that's what ca- causes a flurry of activity in a short period of time. Uh, but again, just, you just gotta be smart about it. And, uh, and I think, I think every time you go through something, you learn something. And I know in 2017, we had a, a huge flurry of activity, uh, 2016 and then, and then beginning of 2017. And then there was a correction there, but, um, it wasn't as 
that wasn't as crazy as it was this year. But we do learn uh, from the past. And, and the only difference we have here is we, ne- we didn't have uh, COVID, right? Like, like everything's changed. Like it, it's hard to gauge whether COVID caused all this, uh, all these different things that are happening, you know, shortage of, of all consumer goods and shortage of everything. We don't, we don't know. Like it's, it's hard to, I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand why all of a sudden the world has got a shortage of everything, but but I don't think um, I, I I I don't think the housing market's always going to be there because we do have a short. There is a crisis, and Doug Ford is trying to resolve it as much as he can without any uh, backlash from mayors uh, in different municipalities. One other tidbit from this uh, report: it says that while the overall aggregate price of a home in Canada will drop by one percent next year, uh, that's not the case for every city. It points to places like Ottawa. Halifax, Calgary, which will continue to see some small upticks in prices for all forms of housing. Although it does says that people who are renting will continue to feel a lot of pressure. And that's where that supply and demand, you know, aspect comes into play as well. Well, absolutely. The, the people that uh, the, the rental market is going to be strong for a long time uh, until they catch up on the, on the uh, housing inventory, but it will be uh, strong. So anybody that, owns properties and renting them out, they're going to, they're going to do very well for the next, I'd say five, 10, 15 years until it catches up. And, uh, we, we don't even have enough people to build these houses right now. We don't have the uh, labor or, or, or the, uh, uh, trades people that, that can build these houses. And, and right now with interest rates, it's slowed back down. Like, like, uh, you know, builders are like, they, they pulled back because, you know, everybody's all scared. So now it's, it, it, it's just going to make the crisis even worse uh, going into next year or the year after. So we, they, and you know, we've got to do something about it until once we get comfortable in the economy, get comfortable with the interest rates that the, where they're at. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the rental market. I, you know, it, it, it'll be a, it'll be good. It's always been good. It's always been good, but you're right. The the rental uh, uh, average uh, uh, rent is going to be a lot lot greater than it'll ever be. Also got some info from an economist who says that there's probably going to be a recession in 2023, but not a housing crisis in Canada. And that's based on two rules of thumb. Number one, oil prices are expected to remain high next year, which will help uh, with uh, global supply restrictions. The other factor is the expectation is that the Bank of Canada will not increase interest rates starting in January. They're they're intimating there's going to be a pause, which is going to be good news, especially for those mortgage uh, holders who are in those variable rate mortgages. They'll finally see a pause and maybe even a decline sometime next year. So that, that should be good news. Uh, it is. And then, and then if anybody's got any renewals, right now a lot of people are increasing their amortization just to keep their mortgage rates down. Uh, which will keep things rolling. And, uh, you know, so people are combating it. depends on, you know, like, yeah, if, if, if you're used to a, a variable rate and getting your mortgage at 2%, now you're at 4.5% or whatever. Um, yes, it, it is a lot more, but uh, banks are doing everything to make sure that, you know, you can stay in your house, your payments are still comf- not, not too bad and, and continue on. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there will be, there, there is going to be an a- economic downturn. And they're also saying in this article that um, with uh, unemployment rate, uh, it, it's at 5.2, even at 6.6, unemployment rate is still good unemployment rate. 
compared to what we're used to. Uh-huh. So um, it it's it's it, there'll be it, it's hard to tell what uh, what changes are, are going to happen with uh, consumer goods out there. But people, I mean, the malls are are busy. People are buying. I yes. mean, like yeah. restaurants are busy. Like nothing. I I don't see any downturn yet. Like I don't know when that's going to kick in. Like I I don't you know it's uh, there's a lot of people out there spending money right now. So my best guess is that that downturn or that slowdown will be after the holidays. I was at a couple of malls just this week, and yeah, parking lots are stuffed. Uh, you know, numerous people's walking in the malls, walking in and out of each store with bags in hand. So they're they're buying stuff. My guess is after Christmas when those credit card statements come in and they see, you know, those high, higher interest rates are uh, affecting their bank account. Things might slow down a little bit, but that remains to be seen. Coming up next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, how in the world are millennials driving the luxury market? We'll get into that. And also the rise of ghosting in real estate. What does that mean? Stay tuned. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfy.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And follow the Golfy team on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook as well. Well, this headline really had my fingers atop my head scratching away because it's a head scratcher that the luxury market is being driven by millennials. Haven't we heard for the last number of months that it's hard for millennials to get into the market. So what's going on here? These are millennials that are inheriting money and that have great jobs that are earning them great money. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I just don't understand, like, like for, for millennials to earn money, their parents wouldn't be, I mean, they're entering the senior market. They're not, they're not, elderly senior. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. So they, they, they must be getting money from their grandparents. Like, and I know, I know we're in the middle of the biggest transfer of wealth that is happening, uh, in the world right now. Like, I mean, it's just like the, the baby boomers are the, were the biggest savers in, in the world yeah. and all that now, and they're slowly passing away and that money is being passed down to the next generation. And I guess, you know, a lot of it's getting down to the, to the grandkids too. And, uh, yeah, like it's, uh, and the, those kids and that millennials, I mean, they, they, they'll spend it. I mean, they'll, they'll spend it. At least they're doing it, uh, spending it on good stuff like real estate that the value will be going up. And as long as they can maintain it and, uh, and afford it there. But yeah, I was surprised. It's surprised that millennials, uh, 
are one of the biggest uh, drivers of uh, luxury homes right now. Uh, details from this report by the firm Engel and Volkers say that the first trend of this uh, millennial contingent buying luxury uh, homes is the peak luxury buyers. This is the category that they've called it, who are looking to purchase homes above the $3 million price point. So they've obviously inherited uh, a boatload of wealth if they're starting at that price point. Oh, for sure. Like, like even if they like inherited a million dollars and they're buying $3 million house, I mean, they can afford, I guess, a $2 million mortgage, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money to have payments every month. But I mean, they've got the income. I mean, I know, it, I, I'm amazed at the amount of millennials, the money they make. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think that the, between the 25 and 35 year old people 25 years ago made the kind of money that, that the 25, 35 year old people today do. Um, and, and I, I, and I think that's, that, that's the millennial generation. I think it's 25 to almost 40, but let's say 36, I don't know. But, um, but that generation is making a lot of money if they got professional jobs and, and they're, they're earning, earning good money. And now if you got two millennials married or, or, or two partners and they're both earning, you know, some of them are earning 150 to 200,000 each, they, that gives them a lot of buying power. Uh, to buy whatever they want. And uh, I, I don't know if people were making that kind of money 25 years ago that, like they are now. There's, I, I don't know. Like even, it's, it's, it's different. Companies are making more money. Companies are paying a lot of money. They're paying a lot of bonuses. And that's, that's how they're affording it. But, uh, but yeah, my, a lot of money is being transferred down, uh, down the line. And uh, millennials are, are taking advantage of it and enjoying it. Another interesting part in this report, the study identified international buyers who are looking to purchase outside North America. Do you expect, whether it's millennials or anybody else, to to buy property internationally, whether it's the States or maybe in Europe, at a much greater rate than we've seen in the past? Um, to a certain degree. It's hard to tell because... I mean, we deal with very minimal international buyers uh, in the Hamilton Niagara region. Um, I mean, like it, it's not like it is in Toronto, where you know these international buyers that are buying large properties um, they go to the big cities because they know that's where you know the economic heartbeat of of either the country or or the province is going to be at. But um, but I mean. It, it, it's hard to tell. Like I, I, we don't deal with that many outside people um, as much as probably people living uh, within um, the country and, and looking at buying. You know, maybe cross, crossing from Vancouver or BC to Ontario. But but yeah, I I, I would assume that uh, the numbers show that there's probably a lot of international buyers coming in and looking at buying. And it's uh, you know just it just keeps growing and growing. It keeps the economy going. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie Team, 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I, dot com. After the break, the rise of ghosting in real estate. What is it? What's the impact? We'll get to it next here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. I'm going home. 
Go-Round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, REMAX's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. You'll be calling the first real estate team in Hamilton ever to sell 1,000 homes in a year. The website is robgolfi.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. And follow them on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. The rise of ghosting in real estate. Uh, maybe to begin, what the heck is ghosting in real estate? Oh, so it's uh, realtors uh, really mess- messing up and then trying to get a hold of them is what it is. Um, wh- what we're finding is a lot of realtors. Uh, are not showing up to the showings of people's homes. So you have your house up for sale. Um, you get your stuff all together. You're cleaning up the house because you want to sell your house. Uh, and you get everything organized, get the kids out of the house, and you got your house immaculate. And then all of a sudden, get, you leave the house, and nobody shows up to view the house that, that has booked it to view it while you're going crazy trying to get everything ready. And agents aren't calling in and saying, sorry, we're not, uh, we have to cancel the appointment. And if, if they do cancel, they cancel one minute before the, the time frame that they were supposed to be there, which is very frustrating. Uh, I, I know our real estate board will uh, fine you if you do not show up to a showing. Uh, another aspect of it is uh, agents will not leave a business card. I can't understand why they're so worried about leaving a business card. The business card indicates and tells you that that agent was there viewing your house. You feel comfortable. Somebody was in your house. Now, if you walk into your house after you assume that there was a showing happening and there's no business card, you're wondering what happened. Mm-hmm. Did they show up? Didn't they? So there's a lot of things. And and, and what they're finding is, uh, I guess they got the, the training and they're, and they're giving the excuse that there wasn't enough training. Everything was done on Zoom through uh, COVID. There's a lot of new agents that started up in the past two, three years. I, I don't find that as an excuse. I think ethics is just a good, you know, thing that people should understand is that if you can't make it to that appointment, whether the house is vacant or not, you should make phone call to the, to the office and say, Hey, I, 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 I was going to be there. I don't, and I don't think my clients want to see this house and we're, we're sorry. We, we, we're not going to uh, uh, view the house, but they're not doing it. They're just not showing up. And, and it's frustrating then they call, then my clients will call me and they'll say, Rob, what's going on? And I'm like, I'll call, chase them down. They're not answering their phone. They don't answer their phone because they know that I'm chasing them because <laughs> what happened? Why aren't you there? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't they don't want to hear it? And, and it's frustrating. And I, I, I believe in the fact that, uh, that everybody should be fine. And eventually, uh, it'll get around and agents will realize, hey, I better be careful uh, because if I don't show up, I'm going to get fined $700. And, uh, and they probably, and I, and, and these agents are probably doing it to probably three, four houses on every time they're doing a, a, a viewing with a client. They say that they got 10 houses on the list and they're probably missing three or four of them. So that, it'd be nice to, if, they're, if they got fined $700 for every single house because then they'll learn their lesson to make phone calls instead of just uh, booking them and not showing up. The, it's frustrating. There's, yeah. 
I, I can imagine the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board is recommending that the education of real estate professionals be tweaked or enhanced or reformed to make sure this doesn't happen. Is that is that needed? Yes. Oh, absolutely. There, like you'd be amazed that uh, uh, there's been more complaints and 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 that's happened more so in the last five years than probably in the 15, 20 years combined. Uh, it just it's just getting ridiculous and. They got to get a better handle on it, and and it, it is frustrating. It's great dealing with agents that are full time and 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 they're courteous and and they and this is their career, but there's a lot of people don't care out there, and uh, and it makes it frustrating not only to deal with them uh, on this aspect, but deal with them on a negotiation aspect, contractual aspect. Some of these guys don't even know how. Like we had a, a realtor um, on on a. E- e-signature, electronic signature, he signed where the, the, his buyer was supposed to sign. (laughs) He didn't like, I mean, like, like, I don't like, so like nobody's training this guy and, and it's up to us to tell him, Hey, listen, you signed in the wrong location, resend it the right way so that we can get this deal done right. Where there's no, no going to, not going to be any problems at the lawyer's office down the road. And it's just frustrating to deal with that. I can imagine. Hey, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit that follow button so you'll never miss an episode. Again, call The Golfy Team at 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfy.com. That's Rob robgolfi.com. Thanks for listening to The Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.